Hello and welcome to the After Dinner Podcast. My name is John Keeley and this is the podcast extension of ROI show number 539. Our noted guest is Brett Menard, Flex School history teacher and ROI staff member who will be talking with us about the topic of how to decide if your student would benefit from a 2E specialty school. The history buff for today's show is Ed Broders. Ed, uh, you got a question for Brett? Yes, I do. Thanks, John. Um, Brett, a couple of questions. Um, the first one is, how big are the class sizes, uh, given that you're online? Is there a limit? And then my other question is, are these students sorted by their needs, knowing full well that they're all exceptionally gifted, talented? Do you sort them by their needs then, or how, how do we decide who goes in which class? So to give you a sense of how resource intensive working with this type of kid can be we try and cap our classes at eight so that in and of itself is is not a financially viable option a lot of places Um, and we do put kids all over like i said we have um some students who are elementary age or early uh, junior high who need uh, upper level high school or college level classes. So we do try if we have to decide one way or the other to go with what they're good at and work on that, even if it means putting them in a place that's less of a good fit in one of their challenge areas. Because a lot of these students have had absolutely horrible experiences with school and have a lot of school trauma. So a lot of students who have come to us are students who just stop getting out of bed and going to school. I describe us as kind of like Mayo. Very rarely do you come to us as a first option. A lot of times it's because other things, simpler things, more convenient things have not worked. And so you've got to um, find a specialist solution. When, when you're teaching Brett, um, are you on zoom or some kind of video feed or is this just words on a screen in front of the kids? And um, what kind of interaction between the students is there? So we do synchronous uh, online education. So I spend all day on Zoom. So it is a live class. Um, It's not like um, the online classes that a lot of us had in college where you're responding to a message board. Um, We can see each other, we can hear each other. Although again, kids being kids, some like to have their cameras off or uh, are less willing to join in conversation than their peers. And as far as interaction, a lot of the same kind of interactions that I've had with students in person, uh, it's a little different. So since everyone's at home, they can get a snack whenever they need to, don't have to worry about, you know, asking permission to go to the restroom, though, if you know, you're gone for five minutes and I have no idea why I'll probably be getting a hold of your folks. Um, 
So that is the interaction that we have and, and kind of the day-to-day. Okay, so your um, school is, where's the headquarters at? So we have two physical campuses in the New York metro. So there's a campus in Bronxville and a campus in Berkeley Heights. Okay. So one in New York and one uh, in New Jersey, but both uh, in the New York Metro. So is your loving wife going to be a minister in any of these two areas so you can teach face-to-face? That is why <laughs> I teach online. Um, and again, to give you a sense of kind of the rarity of these types of services, we are an international school. Um, almost all of our students are American expats kids. Um, everyone speaks English as a first language, but I've had students from India and Dubai. Uh, one of my students is the first that I have currently is the first uh, Swiss student uh, to ever do this kind of uh, servicing. And we had to have conversations with Switzerland's Department of Education because uh, by and large, they don't do private schooling. So there were a number of hoops to jump through on that that I didn't have to be personally involved with, but uh, I really enjoy working with that kid. Um, but that gives you a sense of how difficult it is to find a, a place that can meet the needs of some of these uh, very unique students. So, Brett, are there... Um extracurricular things and I'm pretty sure there's no sports teams here but what about things like a chess club or a science club uh, or that sort of thing yep um, so especially with our in-person campuses we have in-person clubs and uh, for our online uh, campuses we have things like Dungeons and Dragons a lot of the kids are super into Minecraft so we have a Minecraft club, uh, those sorts of things. Uh, and we're actually linked up with a program uh, called Ironbound. We have some students who are taking classes at one of our in-person campuses who are um, high-end hockey players. Uh, and they train uh, near one of our campuses. So we uh, serve them as well so they wouldn't be part of our normal student body that's not the type of student that we uh, specialize in but there was a need that needed to be met and we were in a good place uh, to do it because we are very flexible with our hours and our um, scheduling and could accommodate those uh, needs as well you mentioned earlier that you've got quite a few kids uh, with some level of ADHD or something like that. Um, and knowing the detrimental effects of the Internet and social media um, on attention spans, and I'll throw in phones and TVs there, um, do you try and... Um, kind of have a little control over that or make recommendations as, like, you know, you shouldn't spend 12 hours a day in front of a screen? 
sometimes. And again, this is one of those um, pieces where context matters and sometimes you're doing a least less bad situation rather than ideal. So on the on-person campuses, um, they tend to be pretty self, they're bring your own device, but it's the teacher's choice when those devices can be out and used. Um, teaching online, kid obviously is always gonna have a screen in front of them. Um, and that is more or less of a challenge depending on the student. So it is not hard to see um, when someone is um, maybe not giving you their full attention. Uh, but again, if, if the options are a situation where you might have half a kid's attention or a situation where a kid is completely refusing to go to school at all, it's the better option. Yeah. And do you talk to the parents about this in terms of yeah. limiting screen time if necessary? Yep. Uh, so especially um, with our younger students, uh, though, quite frankly, with all our students, our uh, strong preference uh, is that there be an adult at home uh or in the apartment uh, with them during the school day. Because obviously if something goes uh, wrong, I can't do much uh, to directly intervene uh, from a hundred plus or a thousand miles away. So that is part of the conversation. Um, a lot of parents will kind of throughout the day just poke their head in and see what's going on um, because our class sizes are so small we have uh, a lot more communication with parents uh, than uh, a typical teacher would have with most of the parents of the students in their uh, classes uh, but we also try and limit the amount that we put on parents plates um, because as I said, a lot of kids who come see us, especially early on in the process, have severe school refusal or um, some really bad school experience that they're trying to overcome. So we try as best we can to take some of that off the parent's plate so they can focus on being a parent. This is something where a lot of these parents are used to in their kids previous school being told at least once a week your kids having a meltdown or there's a problem you have to come get your kid okay. um does that answer your question yeah uh, it does a uh, question on our last one here time frame if you're talking with individuals in india or dubai they're not on central time uh how what's what's the clocks run um so we base our schedule based off East Coast time. Uh, and that is one of the things where um, our international students kind of have to figure out the best way to accommodate that. Okay. Uh, and that would be another example of it being a 
least bad option rather than, in some cases, an optimal option. So my student uh, from India would be taking classes uh, till midnight, um, which was less than ideal, uh, but it was better than any of the other options that were available to him. Gotcha. All right, we would like to thank our 539th guest, Brett Menard, Flex School history teacher and ROI staff member, who talked to us about how to decide if your student would benefit from a 2E specialty school. The history buff for today's show was Brett Menard, uh, sorry, Ed Broders, got tripped up there. ROI can be found at 9.30 p.m. Friday night on KALA Radio or on the web at tunein.com. If you're looking for older programs, you'll find them at soundcloud.com. Just put KALA Radio in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find nearly a decade of ROI shows. You will also find ROI on all your favorite streaming platforms. ROI is recorded at station KLA, St. Ambrose University.